Welcome to the Community Group Leadership Podcast, where we seek to help community group leaders be better together. I'm Tyler Cherneski. And I'm Reed Kappel, and we are thrilled to share with you all some best practices and resources and stories from across all of our campuses regarding community groups. Now, today on the podcast, we have Scott and Pam Barnes from the Leeblet campus. I'm really glad they're here. Uh, you said you've been leading community groups for a while now. Have some Several years, five years most recently with this group, yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. So we're excited to uh, learn from your experience, specifically around the topic of caring for kids today. Um, so lots to talk about there, but before we begin, just curious, what have you enjoyed in your uh, course of leading community groups? What's been really awesome? What have you enjoyed? And is there anything that's been maybe difficult or frustrating sure. along the sure. way? Sure. Yeah, no, I think in terms of what we've enjoyed, I mean, most recently, I think, like I said, five years that we've led this group, but we've always been a part in some capacity for community groups, really, since most of our, years, our adult life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I think... Um, I think in many respects, community groups is where church happens on the front lines. Yeah. And so just the opportunity to journey together. And as you grow in first your familiarity and then a deeper level of intimacy and transparency, um, you know, this, this idea of being a caring family of multiplying disciples, uh, I think takes shape in a large part in the small group context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What I enjoy about leading community groups, um, what comes to mind for me, um, I love organizing times, um, that we can get together socially and just enjoy one another's company. Um, I also um, think that because we're leaders, um, it requires a bigger level of commitment, which is really important. And so um, what I like is even on some nights when I may not feel like doing community group, um, the commitment and responsibility um, makes me attend (laughs) and I'm always blessed because of it. So I'm thankful for that extra push. I felt the same way. The couch gets too comfy, but you realize you need to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, uh, Scott, Pam, thanks for being here uh, for this episode. And, and, you know, a lot of our community groups have kids in them, some don't, but but we we thought it would be worth the time to give some attention to this issue of how do we care for kids? What does it look like for us as community groups and community group leaders to involve, care for, incorporate kids into the life of our community group? And so that's what we'd like to focus on and talk about. And so just maybe for the f- first question to begin is just why is this topic so important? Why sure. devote so much time to it? Yeah, well, I, I think you're right. I mean, you know, the, the ideas that we've discussed before as a church body, this desire to be intergenerational, mm-hmm. the, 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 conce- the concept of sticky faith. Um, I really believe that. And I've seen that take uh, shape and, and help in the spiritual formation of, of our own kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I am so grateful for just the variety of adults that have invested in our children, you know, whether it's children's ministry or youth ministry. But I think community groups plays a unique role in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and incorporating different families and journeying together and what it means to be uh, part of a larger church body. Uh, so I, th- I think that's one reason why it's an important topic. That said, you know, logistics are always um a bit of a source of frustration as it relates mm-hmm. to community groups. How, how do you make things work in this organic environment? And adding children to the mix always increases the complexity yeah, of, yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think helping um, try to find um, helpful ways to navigate those waters will should be helpful. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure this has changed over the years, but what does involvement and participation really look like for the kids in your community group? I mean, there are, are there specific things your group has done to love or care for or connect with the different kinds of kids in your group? Sure. Yeah. And I guess let me just say at the outset, you know, Pam and I define community group involvement more broadly than just the the times that we meet together, you know, 25, 26 times a year. Um, 
oftentimes, at least for our community group, the focus of that is more around study and around prayer. Mm -hmm. And so bringing kids into that dynamic just really doesn't fit our group. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I think there's ways that we found to be intentional involving kids more broadly in, in a sense of community group. Yeah, mowing your lawn, <laughs> retarding the driveway. Cheap labor. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I can remember in the early days when only a few of us couples, a few of the couples had kids, and they were somewhat of a novelty. We would offer to babysit and give them date nights, and it was a blast. Yeah. Then as time went on, we definitely did some babysitting swaps, but it gradually developed into cookouts, pool parties, park dates with moms and kids. And nowadays, with our kids um, being teenagers, most of them, um, we do things like attending CYT shows and basketball games just to show interest and support and encourage the kids and their unique passions. I can remember my daughter receiving a handwritten note of encouragement from one of the other moms in our group regarding her passion, which happens to be swimming, and it made a powerful impression on her. Yeah. I think there's this idea of we try to be intentional without being too structured. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there, there are times where we'll have community group socials and those are blasts, right? And whether it's a cookout or a family game night, and we said this is a good time where, where all the kids can come together. But there's a lot of times where they just sort of informally happen. As, as Pam mentioned, you know, some of the kids are involved in CYT. So there's a play going on and, and those that try to attend it, we, we enjoy going to those game, uh, to that, to that event. Or my son is playing a basketball game. So mm -hmm. occasionally they'll come and watch him play. Um, and so it's not always a structured event, uh, event, but it's, it's this idea of trying to intentionally connect, uh, not just as adults, but as families. And, and I just love when other adults invest and take interest yeah. in our own kids' lives and, and conversely us with theirs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're creating a web of relationships where, where your kids have connections to all these other adults who, I mean, yes. if they weren't a part of this community group and part of, uh, of a local church, they wouldn't have these connections. Right. And so it's just a beautiful thing that community groups get to create these environments, both formal and informal, uh, where our kids get to connect with and be a part of the lives of other adults who, yeah, they wouldn't have known right. otherwise. So, yes. And kind of on that topic, I mean, what are some benefits that you have seen uh, as a result of your efforts to kind of incorporate uh, the kids in your community group? But what, what, yeah, what are the benefits of bringing them into the life of the community sure. group? Sure. I mean, it, it just gives me tremendous um, joy to see the other adults in our group engage with our kids. Mm -hmm. and, and again, conversely us with theirs. Um, and they, they know more than just their names. Yeah. Um, you know, they, because of there's that familiarity and there's that engagement with them, they know what's happening at school. They, they, they're, they know, um, other activities and interests they may have. They also know quite a bit about them just because oftentimes the kids are topics of prayer. And so they yeah. kind of know what's yeah. going on in their lives. Um, but I, I think there's just tremendous value of, of both directly and indirectly them understanding our kids and, and ours, you know, uh, Pam and I understanding their kids and being able to connect um, at that level. I think there's just um, some informal ways, too, that modeling out this idea of community uh, before our kids that, that takes notice. You know, there, there's times, like I said, when we meet together on a weekly basis. Those aren't necessarily the, mo the the typical times where the kids are involved. But occasionally, the way we do it, at least with our community group, uh, we'll rotate who hosts and who facilitates. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. couples, uh, the weeks that we host, uh, our kids may be around at the beginning as, as folks come over and, and we're just kind of chatting and so forth. And then they're old enough where they mind themselves and they'll go upstairs. Um, and then when community group ends, they'll, they'll come back down. And, and invariably, it always leads to some carryover conversation. The kids may say, 
what was so funny? We just kind of heard yeah. this uproar of yeah. laughter yeah. going on downstairs. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> and it's a chance to just kind of share a you know, funny story that happened or you know, something that, that was said. Um, you know, and there's other times where group might have been pretty heavy that night mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm. because of the topic that was discussed or something that was prayed about. And you don't go into details, but the kids kind of get the sense of the tone's a little bit more somber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but that's part of community group too, of uh, this idea that we live currently in a fallen and broken world and mm-hmm. at times there's pain involved in that and Christians aren't spared of that. And, but how do we as a body of Christ, uh, care for one another, uh, and love one another in Christ and come alongside each other? And so I, those are just very small, seemingly insignificant ways. But I've just seen modeling that out before our kids has a tremendous impact. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Their, 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 their spiritual maturity and their understanding, I think, of, of what it means to be a part of the, the church body. Mm, totally. Yeah. And I mean, where else would you see that? I mean, that's so unique. Right. Exactly. I, I love that. Absolutely love that. Have there been any challenges as you've cultivated this kind of a community that really incorporates kids into kind of the life <laughs> of the group? Any, any big challenges? What would you say? Um, I would just say logistics and scheduling. Um, of course, we all live busy lives, and teenagers seem to be in the throes of that with activities and homework, and they're all on different schedules. So just the challenge, I think, mainly is just difficult coordinating times to connect mm-hmm. on a regular basis for with the kids. And now we've got kids heading off to college, so um, geographic location mm-hmm. becomes an obstacle. Yeah. So new waters that were navigating yeah 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 we certainly don't have the answer all the answers no but logistics will always um to some extent be an issue again community groups are are organic so every group is a little bit different uh the same group changes over time too Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. what worked in the past now all of a sudden you find out doesn't fit that dynamic of the group today and so you're always having to continue to assess and reassess um what works but I, i think um you know community groups are messy um, because life is messy, but I think there's a little bit of just like our own family, you know, the more, um, the closer you get, um, the messiness doesn't go away, but the, right. but the cleanliness matters less. I mean, there, there's just that familiarity as a community group. Sure. And You've been to my house. I, <laughs> yeah, no, I should say, yeah, vacuuming the house I know is very important to Pam, but I, I think you, you let your guard down a little bit and the formalities sort of slip away. And I think that comes to with the logistics too. Of we just, Try not to get too worked up about it because not not every date is going to work for everyone to participate. But you know what? Let's not let that stop us yeah, yeah. Uh, from meeting together or yeah. those that can. Um, and let's focus on the why we're meeting, even though the how sometimes gets a little messy. Sure. Yeah. Man, so many things I could take away from today's conversation, but one of them is I love that you have the long view in mind, mm-hmm. right? Both the long view of what does it look like to have kids involved in our group, and it's not just how do we babysit, babysit now, but how do they become a part of this group for a long-term yeah. thing? And then even, yeah, what you're saying, then, you know what, if you can't meet this time or can't meet that time, it's all right. We're in this for the long haul. I mean, that is a brilliant paradigm to have in mind yeah. when leading a group. Yeah. We, we have seen the full spectrum. I, mean, I guess it speaks sure. to our age. As, as Pam mentioned, you know, when we started off, uh, the kids were the novelty. Most of the most of the individuals didn't have kids, and now we're almost at the other end of the spectrum yeah. where we've got uh, empty nesters. We have some empty nesters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's been fun to see those kids mature, and kids that were young kids now have gone off. Some of which were were friends with on social media, and, and still sure. be able to connect at a very different level. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. 
Well, Scott, Pam, thank you for your, your time, uh, not only for your leadership as community group leaders in our church, but, but for, for believing in, for embodying and, and emulating this, this idea of being a caring family of multiplying disciples and, and showing us that well and giving us some hooks and some plausibility for, for living that out. So yeah, thanks for believing in it. Thanks for doing that. And thanks for your time and wisdom and sharing that. You bet. Our You're pleasure. You're welcome. Gosh, we had so many great ideas from today's podcast. Yeah. I mean, I sparked a lot of thinking. Where could we even go next? Well, one thing I would say is encouraging uh, our podcast listeners to check out some resources that we have in the episode notes section. There's some books, some articles uh, that really would help kind of continue this conversation about what it looks like to create this, this two-way traffic uh, between adults and, and children and kids in community group. And so we encourage you to check that out. Uh, but as we look ahead to our next episode, we want to give some time and attention to this issue of childcare proper and what does it look like to handle the logistics of what do we do with our kids and how do we schedule babysitters and who pays and all these things. And so we're going to give some time to that for our next episode. Yeah, we know it's a big question. So we're calling in the big guns. I'm I'm excited for that podcast. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Are we the big guns?